welcome to Read This, Read That. I'm Jackie Reed. I'm Joanne Reed. How you doing, cousin? Oh, I'm I'm fair to midland, partly cloudy. How you doing? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, I'm feeling blessed and highly favored. Highly favored. How was your Thanksgiving? It was lovely. We had a lovely family Thanksgiving. Had like 15, 16 people over. A lot of cousins, oh, friends. nice. It was fun. Okay. Yeah, we had a really good time in Maryland. And, What'd uh, you eat? Good. Tell me about your plate. So, my plate was... <laughs> <laughs> we made sure Plates. we did we did something for everyone. I did eat too much. I definitely ate too much. That's what Thanksgiving is all about. Yeah, and the one thing I didn't eat was turkey because I don't even really like turkey. So Hello. I didn't. Really... A lot of people don't. Most people don't. Yeah, it's usually there, and it's the thing that's left over because most the thing you really don't eat is that. But meanwhile, well, millions of turkeys die. But go on. Yes, I know, and I know they can hug. I get it. They can. Um, <laughs> but we did have uh, close your ears. We did have some salmon, which was quite good. Our our contribution was salmon and rice and peas. My cousin uh, brought uh, ordered brought in and ordered all the West Indian food. So we had like the roti that has the peas in it. They call dalpuri. Yeah. We had curry. Um, we had greens. We had my other cousin's famous mac and cheese. We had we just had like everything because it was it's a, whenever we do our Thanksgiving, it's a mix of Guyanese and American food. Even when I was growing up, so okay. it was like that. So it was a whole lot of food and a lot of pie. Every kind of pie you can imagine. Oh my goodness. And we still have so much pie. If you want pie, come by. I got a lot of pie. <laughs> that sounds lovely. Yeah, so we had, it was good. What about your? Uh, I am very curious to hear what your plate was. Well, Miss Vegan Lady, Miss Vegan, I had a great Thanksgiving dinner because my cousin, um, who was formerly vegan, and then she had to she had a hysterectomy. She had some health issues, so she was not vegan anymore. But now she's back. Her husband is vegan. He's been vegetarian for a long time. He's been vegan for two years, so she's been cooking a lot of vegan food over the years. Right, and she cooks wonderful things. So she had a whole table full of vegan food. Okay. She had pot roast, vegan pot roast. Mm -hmm. She had collard greens. I would love to know what a vegan pot roast is really made She made, made it of. out of jackfruit. Okay. Yeah, it was delicious. Jackfruit okay. and carrots and things like that. The yeah. gravy, it was... And it, it had the texture of a pot roast? Kind of. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It, it had that consistency okay. to a certain extent. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but it gave you the flavorings of right. it. And a little bit of the consistency of it. So it was really good. Um, there was macaroni and cheese, mm -hmm. um, and there was uh, stuffing. Mm -hmm. What else did we have? There was a pasta salad, mm -hmm. and she made a peach cobbler. Okay. Yeah. So it was, I'm trying to think if there was, if there was anything else. There was a Spanish rice. Yes. Uh, and uh, candied yams. Oh, yeah. We had yams, too. We had a friend of mine, Donovan, brought over this bomb It was like candied yam souffle. It was a souffle, Ooh. but made of candied yams. Were there marshmallows? It I must can't. have had marshmallow. It was ridiculous. That was one of the things that went that there's fast. no more of. Fast. Like, I think it was like two spoons of it left. And the dal and, and roti went fast. Mm. And it's funny. The things that didn't go, the things that went the slowest were the traditional Thanksgiving food. Thanksgiving is a weird holiday for me. It really is. Because it's such a holiday that's, it's a food holiday. It's a, yeah. it's a holiday to ruin your diet and eat a whole lot of food. It really and is. it's a family holiday. Yeah. And it's, it's a great holiday if you don't think about the origins of it. It's one of, you know what I mean? If like, you don't, which I always do. So I'm really kind of hesitant to post things about Thanksgiving. Yeah. I'll talk about, you know, family gatherings and right. things like that because I'm very sensitive. And, yeah. you know, a lot of us should be to Native Americans. I'm the same way about Columbus Day and things like that. Yeah. And it, um, was, it was weird at our, our place because uh, my friend Donovan, his, his husband is Native American. Yeah. Is, oh, wow. Right. And so... It was a weird, like, we didn't, you know what I mean? Like, I always yeah. feel like we need to be sensitive to, like, the indigenous 
people in the United States because to country. them it wasn't Thanksgiving. Well, it, was, it was all a lie. Y'all took my land and killed us. <laughs> Everything we learned in school, it was they were all all lies. It was all lies. All lies, um, yeah. which is very upsetting. But anyway, but the food is. I mean, to me, it, I just it's a food holiday. Yeah, but I think it's worthy to acknowledge that. You know, yes. and talk about those things, but also still gather. It, it has become a time to gather with family and Absolutely. friends. And I think that it's okay to celebrate that. 100%. And it was, I mean, my brother came out from Denver. It was fabulous. Like, we really enjoyed just being together. Oh, your brother was here. He did. Aww. Uncle Oren was out there. We had a really good time. We had a ball. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I we had a good time, too. We watched a lot of football um, and just catch up with everybody. And it, it was really good, really good food. I had two helpings. Mm-hmm. And then my mother and I always go shopping for Black Friday. Right. Um, so that was great. And there's this great vegan deli in Philadelphia. If you ever go to the Reading Market in Central City, right downtown, right. Uh, there's a big market that has a lot of Amish booths, and there's just all these booths in there. There's a vegan deli called um, Love Foods. And... Let me tell you something. I'm not a Reuben corned beef yeah. kind of person, but they have a vegan deli there. And so they had this, I had this vegan Reuben that they melted with vegan cheese. Right. And on the It was, the, I was just only going to eat, eat half of it because yeah. it was a full sandwich. But you ate the whole thing. Great, the whole thing. The thing is so funny is, so, so, so this morning I had a, um, I had an impossible version of a sausage sandwich. Oh. What is, what is fascinating. And Where'd you get that? Dunkin I actually got Donuts? it at Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. Which is weird, right? Yeah. But so every one of the things that is happening is that I think as people, whether or not you believe that you, that you want to go vegan because you think a chicken can hug you <laughs> and you're just an animal Lover. Like, fan like you. Lover. Or yeah. you think of it more from the, which is where more I am. And this is where, when, when I was a vegetarian, it was because I was disgusted with the idea of eating meat. That was what drove me off meat. Yeah. But I also have this um, environmentalist kind of, challenge which is that the way we eat and what we eat is killing the earth our planet and so i'm very much about changing the way we act because of the environment right so so one motivation i have to try i mean i i don't feel like i could be vegan but i can go more in that direction partly because of you because i want to support vegan sexy cool and i'm trying to like introduce vegan aspects to my diet to try to just try um also for my health because after that health scare i'm very now health conscious about what i put in my mouth um, but also because we're actually killing the planet. Like m- having all these cows that we're cultivating to eat them and eat and drink their milk, it's actually killing the planet. Yes. And we have to at some point. They, so companies like Impossible Foods, I think, are doing something very interesting is that they're not making people change their their palate. Right. They're saying we're going to match your palate with something that isn't made of a, an animal. We're going to meet you where you are, which is right. the, one of the uh, on Vegan Sexy Cool. I have a great um a uh, piece that I wrote, a great piece that I wrote, I'm patting myself on the back. Go ahead, there, pat yourself. But there's a piece that I wrote about, you know, easy ways to kind of go vegan, where you don't have to go cold turkey like I did. And one of the things I talk about is just starting where you are. Eat the foods that you love. If right. you love pizza, get a vegan version of a pizza. If you love burgers, get a vegan version. Be real version. selective, though, honey. I got a, ver- a vegan pizza one time, and I nearly spat it across the room. It was so nasty. Well, listen, it was I've like gotten, a piece of cardboard. But it's like I tell people all the time. There. I've been to a restaurant before I was vegan and gotten bad food. Yes. Like, I've had a bad pizza that wasn't vegan. Right. I've had bad eggs at a restaurant right. that weren't vegan eggs. Yeah. So just like anything else, you're going to get bad versions wrong. of Chinese food, Thai food, yeah. Italian 
Indian food. Yep. And then you're going to have great things that you love. You just have to kind of experiment experiment and see what you like. Yeah. Now, can I just bitch about something for just one second? Because I don't know if you experienced this today, but I have to say this because I'm still trying to like settle myself. Thank God for this wine. And we're going to promote what it is. Yeah. Because I just came here. Um, a friend of ours, Jelani Cobb, who's mm. wonderful on air here. Um, great Jelani. professor. He's fabulous. Yeah. His voice is so rich. I know, right? So I was speaking at his class in Columbia, and it's about at 116th Street or so. We're here at, like, 50, 50th Street. Right. First of all, it took me forever to get here. And then coming across town, if you work anywhere near Rockefeller Center, can I just tell you how Nightmare. much? I love Christmas. Okay? I love Christmas time. I do, too. I love Christmas music. You and I both sing the, the love, Motown Christmas. We love it. Everything. I hate Christmas by Rockefeller Center. Yes. It's it's the worst thing about this season. You can't get within two blocks of this of this building right now. Because of the tree. The tree and FAO Schwartz. Yeah. And they've well, which shut they Fifth just Avenue. Opened. And, and Sixth sh- Avenue. Yeah, now it's even worse. I can't with Christmas here. I can't. It, it's the one thing that could threaten to make me hate Christmas. I love Christmas. It's the most horrible <laughs> time of, of the, the year. year. It's yeah. got shoppers and tourists <laughs> and people who can't look straight because they're looking up in the sky. <laughs> And their kids walk too wide. <laughs> it's the most horrible time. They don't look of straight. The year, they don't. They're What's on their phones them? and they're stopping right in front. Yeah, it's the worst. And I did a video and posted it on my Instagram IGTV about just like the day yes. when they were going to do the Christmas tree lighting because I have to go to the party. It's a sales party that we have. Oh, and God. one of the worst things after they light that tree oh, God. is trying to get out of here. You can't. Or don't leave and try to come back no, to the don't party come back. that starts at no. 6. It is a zoo. No. When we used to come, when my kids used to want to come when they were younger, oh. we would have to have them come hours early. And then we had to find something to do with them because we'd have to, if you didn't get here hours early, forget it. Forget it. And Miles, the youngest one, always wanted to bring his friends from school. Oh. So I'm trying to shepherd all these other kids oh, and everybody God. in. And I have them all running around here. Thank God for Teray and some of the other, like, friendly people who yes. we work with that would, like, keep an eye. Like, it was bad. And it's bad. Yeah. It, it really is. And, you know, bad. and it has begun. And they're going to leave the tree up longer yeah. this year, well into January. No. I think it's, like, January 16th yeah. or 17th Because the tourism. And like also that. because I think yeah. because retail is dying, it's all going online. They want more foot traffic around the stores. Well, so retail is dying because the rent is too damn high. Too damn I don't high. remember the brother that was running for mayor, you know, mm-hmm. so many years mm-hmm. ago. But. He's One right. thing, he was right. Yeah. And Let, by the way, if the rent is too damn high, how did F.A.O. Schwartz afford it? Because that bitch was like at blocks away. I don't and know now what all was. of a sudden, that store, which is the Christmas store, it's the, it was the one in big. Yeah. They took that sucker and moved it off Fifth Avenue blocks away and put it right here. Well, it shut down first. First right. it closed its doors, famously closed its doors. Now it has reopened here, here. which makes this. It's you know, even more of a tourist attraction yes. to come here because not only will you see that tree, but you will also get to go to FAO Suites. And there's always a line around the block. So now that means that on 49th and 50th, there's line yes. on one of the blocks to, to get into FAO Schwartz because you have to they let people in few at a time. Yeah. So now we have to deal with the ice skaters, mm-hmm. the tourists who are looking at the tree. And the FAO Schwartz shoppers, it's hell. So I'm, you know, God, I love you, Christmas. Love you, Jesus. Love you, Jesus. Glad you were born. Listen, I love the holiday. I love the reason for the season. Yes, All ma'am. that. Don't accuse us. No. Do not email, tweet us, text us anything Mm-mm. about hating Christmas. We love we the Lord. We just hate what happens in this part That's of right. the city. Our life is hell. It is hell. It's and hell. anybody who works around here will say it. We all agree. We all hate this season. It's, it's a the nightmare. Worst. And then you've got on. 
Fifth Avenue, all the stores that do the lights, yeah. which means that it's inaccessible because it's people crowded from one set to And then the NYPD, I think they really do hate us. They will <laughs> shut the entire of Fifth and Sixth Avenue. Yeah. So if you have to get a car afterwards, or we have cars, will sometimes they'll come and pick us up. Right. Good. Good luck. You got to walk blocks, walk to Times Square to go get it because you they can't come down the street. They shut the street. And after this show, when we finish here, my mom and I um, and my boyfriend, we're going to go see Alvin Ailey, but we're going to go to dinner first. Okay. So we have a dinner reservation. Not far from here, 55th Street. We're on, you know, 50th. Mm. But I mean, getting out of this building mm. and getting over there, walking is five blocks, be crazy. It's going to take you about 45 minutes to walk five blocks. I, I know. I predict. I think so because too. you have to muscle your way through the crowds, and everything is shut. It's really bad. Is that Mama Reed? That is Gail Reed Yay! in the house. <laughs> Mama Reed is here. She made it, and you see her boots, so you Let see where see I get boots. my style from. Okay, yeah, her purse, her boots. <laughs> I see where the style comes from. The style, I Mama get it, Reed honest. is the original, though. She is the original. She's the original. Yes, she is. I did not fall far from that tree. That is correct. <laughs> well, we. One of these days, I'm going to kidnap Mama Reed for myself, and I'm going to have Mama Reed for me. Let me tell you, you would love it. All you have to do is go to her closet alone. Oh, Let me tell you. Don't make me get in that closet, because I will walk away that, with something. That is my shopping buddy. I love shopping with no one more than my mother. <laughs> and they're going to do it tonight. Well, that, well, hello, Mama Reed. Welcome, welcome. Yep, she the is The podcast here. is now complete. It is complete. Now yes. that Mama Reed is in the house. And your boots are cute, too. We didn't talk about it yet on the on the, on the mic, but... Miss Lady, Miss Jackie got on some real cute oh boots my right now. Vegan, yeah, snakeskin, snakeskin, fabulous. No animals were harmed in the making of these fly no, ass thigh high boots. Go on, try to tell me snakes can hug. I dare you. I dare you to tell they, me they yeah, can hug. Come on, they slither around you and that's they hug called you. strangling and no, murdering you. They hug. They'll kill you. That, that's not true. Not okay. all snakes. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I will send you. The not video. all snakes. Snakes can hug and kiss. Hashtag not all snakes. <laughs> Let's talk about what's going on in well, the world. Let me. Let, I got a quick wind down that I wanted. Oh do. yes, please wind Just it a down. A couple of things I want to mention. Please so do. when I was in Philadelphia for Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. I went to a natural holistic hair salon called Duafe. Okay. Uh, Sarita Scott is the owner there. Mm -hmm. She has been in the business twenty plus years. Okay. Um, she is helping me with what's going on. Under Bibbity, okay. my natural hair, and just yes. trying to figure out, you know, what to do, making sure it's nourished. Yep. Let me tell you something. I really want you to meet with her because she does Quest Love's hair. She oh. does Ava DuVernay's hair. Okay. She does Layla Hathaway's hair. She does a lot of celebrity hair. Okay. Um, but she is fabulous. Fab. Um, so I sat with her for a consultation. Okay. We were together for an hour and a half. Yes. She talked to me. Because I was like, I need to figure out what's going on underneath here and what the plan is. Right. Do I cut it? Um, do I put braids in it for the yeah. Golden Globes red carpet, which right. I'm no longer going to because uh, they're doing something else with that with our hour. So we're not okay. going. Okay. So now I don't have to worry about that. But I was trying to figure out what am I, what am I going to do with my hair? Right. Am right. I going to do the big chop? Right. We sat for an hour and a half, and my mom was there for. It. She talked to me more about what I was putting into my body, my stress level, how mm. much water I was drinking. She gave me a gift bag of magnesium. Okay. She gave me this great oil that she makes herself in okay. her shop for my hair. But really, we talked about lifestyle. She said, mm -hmm. because what affects your hair more than anything is the water that you drink yeah. and your stress level. Yep. And so she said, if you're trying to grow your hair and grow a healthy head of hair, these are the things. Because I'm like, do I cut it? Or she's yeah. like, wait, 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 wait. Let's start with this. I love her so much. But I've had her on Tom Joyner a couple of times. Yeah. 
Um, and she really is knowledgeable. She, she said when she started this journey as an apprentice, she said the people that she was learning from told her, before you touch a head of hair, mm-hmm. you need to learn about herbs, mm. what we put in our bodies, right. how it affects our body. So that's her basis of study. And she's been doing it for 20 plus years. So shout out to Sarita Scott. Okay. But I also say I had her back on Joiner today to talk about this sister study that came out. And it's a sibling study, not okay. a, a sister girl study. Right. But it's about uh, relaxers, permanent relaxers, and permanent hair color causing cancer in black women. Hmm. It's a new study. Um, and uh, we had her on, and she's saying this is really nothing new. Right. Because we've known about these toxins. But they did comparisons to black women and white women who use relaxers and different chemicals. And black women, 60% of us um, get cats cancer, breast cancer specifically, more than white women with the hair dyes that we do. And I think it's, I want to say it's about 25%. I may not be right about that when it comes to permanent relaxers. Oh. Um, Yeah. So yet another reason. And, you know, we kind of learned a little bit about this over the, we kind of know. Because what she said on the air today that was really interesting was, think about this. If your hairstylist has to put on gloves before (laughs) she applies. Right relaxer or whatever to your hair yeah. to protect her hands. Imagine what's happening to your scalp. To your scalp, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it really And can me, I just say, one yeah. of the things that you, you, to go back just a little bit to what you said about water, my brother said something to me very interesting while we were on break, which goes to what you were saying. And it's a good thing you don't think about. Like, our bodies are mostly water, right? Mm-hmm. I think we're like 60% plus water. And so if you think about what happens with stagnant water, mm. if you had stagnant water on the ground, you know that's not healthy. It's got an odor. It's just yeah. it's something about it. It's just sick. Germs just develop in right. all kinds and of life. Right, and if you don't drink a lot of water, you're allowing the water that you're made of to become stagnant. Because it doesn't push out. Your body's holding exactly. on to the water that's in and there. And so if you're not drinking a lot of water, you are, you know, the reason you can easily get sick is that you've got all those toxins and you know, germs and everything, they're not getting washed out because it's stagnant. It's a really interesting way to think about it. It really is. And it brings me to my final point, Okay, which is, you know, when it comes to hair products that we are using, it's good to think about the toxins that are in those products. And really, whether it's makeup, Mm -hmm. you know, things for our body, the foods that we put into ourselves, the nail stuff. Mm -hmm. I use vegan nail polish. A lot of the things that you find that you use, if you use vegan products, most (laughs) of them are organic, (laughs) truly organic. She going to make y'all be vegan. And they don't have toxins in them. And they don't tell me the nail thing can also hug you because I ain't trying to. Well, that's not going to hug you, but they don't test it. The vegan ones don't test on animals. animals. But no, actually, most um, makeup and stuff, they've banned that. They can't test them on rabbits and stuff like they used to. No. They don't do that no more. That's not true. That is not true. A lot of companies still do it. They still do the animal A testing. lot of That's companies mean. still do it. Yeah. you. If you go, there are a lot of websites, which you can go on, you know, Vegan Sexy Cool. I did a whole thing on vegan did makeup. did a whole thing. And beauty products. And you can find websites that you can put in different brands. Right. They still test on animals. Oh. It is I horrific. thought it was illegal. Uh, no. It's I, not illegal. No. In California, they're, they're trying to ban it. Right. But it's not official. It's not illegal. No, girl, Botox. They're testing on animals. Botox. Botox. I, I will never get Botox. I will just let the wrinkles. I want to get in. Botox anyway, because the bottom line is you can just do some facial exercise and keep it moving. Put some cream on your face. Get some shea butter. Listen, shea butter fix everything. The nails that you put on the the nail polish remover, all of that they yeah. test on animals. But even the um, what's the one where you put your hand under like a infrared? The ultraviolet. It's light. not that good for you. Like it it's is not, not the best. That can be cancer causing. It as can be well. cancer Some causing. Some people who, when you get those gel nails, yeah, 
You got to make sure that you have protective gloves. Right, and people don't. Yeah, that's why I don't do gel nails because, yeah, gel nails, it's very dangerous. So, you know, it's like we Our have... producer just went, whoa! Yes! <laughs> because she's fabulous and she I always will, have her nails done. I'll just end with this. At some point, we have to say, okay, living this life is bigger than just me. Right. Right? Especially for people who have children. Yeah. And you talk about environmental things and mm-hmm. protecting the planet. Well, our bodies, too, need to be protected. Absolutely. And all kinds of toxins are going oh, into yeah. our bodies. So, 100%. you know, listen, just go vegan. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and in conclusion. In conclusion. And in conclusion. Go vegan for 2020. It's a good time. Oh, Lord. Well, you know, I got to have my salmon, baby. Oh, my God. Okay. I got to have my Don't salmon. Don't even talk. Let me talk about are what's they gonna, going into the salmon. Are they going to hug me? Oh. They, they, I sent you the, <laughs> the video of the fish. Coming to the man and you, playing catch with the man. If there's one thing I don't want to hug from, it's a fish. Why not? I don't want a scaly you watch fish hugging Dora? me. Well, it was the fish in um, fish is Dora, Finding Nemo. That ain't a real fish. That's a cartoon. Okay. <laughs> don't Nemo. you go. Nemo. Nemo. Don't you go to. That's a cartoon. Uh, all these people going to these um, SeaWorld and all that stuff. I wouldn't stuff. do that. I don't want none of them things touching me. I don't know why people want to pet them. I don't pet nothing from there. Uh-uh. You don't like Flipper the dolphin? I don't like the, the ocean. Day? I don't want nothing from the ocean touching me. But Get you away from eat me. the fish. Correct. Okay. That's a whole <laughs> other thing. That is a whole I other thing. I just want to eat the bastard. <laughs> <laughs> and the inflammation that comes with it. <laughs> don't start. Let's get our guest. Oh, wait. Should we talk about the wine that we're having? Yes. What do we got? What do we got there, ma'am? It is... I, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't it's know. Red. I, I listen, I am not the one here. You try. It's red and it's red and it's delicious. It is quite good. So it is a Vignoble Bouillat. <laughs> and it's a bouquet final. But it comes. By, oh, it's a Beaujolais. It's a Beaujolais. It comes from Wines by Moselle. Absolutely. The Wine Church is an educational wine home delivery service created by Moselle Watson, our good friend, the wine god. Each month, the wine god will send you four bottles of wine along with a personalized it. wine sermon, tasting notes, and food recommendations to help you understand wine and identify your palate. Join the congregation. Yes. The doors are open. The doors are open. And you know what? I didn't realize I like Beaujolais. I like this. This is delicious. It's quite good. Go it's to winesbymoselle.com. Use the promo code READ, R-E-I-D, for 15% off of your three-month pres- subscription. Yum. All right. Okay. Welcome back, everybody. We now have the hilarious comedian and actor, Roy Wood Jr. You've seen him on stages across America. He served as a correspondent. He serves as a correspondent on The Daily Show on Comedy Central. Earlier this year, he released the comedy special, No One Loves You Damn. And is one of our OG guests on from when read we this, first read that. started. From the from real early, early yeah, days. He is one of the original supporters of this podcast. We think How we discovered you? him. We I'm decided good. that we discovered you. Yeah. I'm good. Give us we put you on read this, read that, and it was like, boom. <laughs> boom. This is trip number three. Did you, I, I'll tell you what yeah. I didn't see last time was wine. What's going on with oh, the wine in the studio? Up. Y'all we pulling up? up. We, we had pimp you cups, but, you know. No, I'm fine. I just, I'm just going with the water. You're doing your design It's a beautiful cup. You know, The Rock says don't drink out of plastic bottles. The Rock. Dwayne oh, Johnson. Oh, yeah. did he get mad at somebody? Mad yeah. Chris Pratt uh, yes. had to apologize. <laughs> yeah. Took a picture with a plastic bottle like it was a side chick. He was like, he was hey, like what are you doing? <laughs> Cheat on his wife? He's cheating on the earth. That's true. That's so true. Respect. Yeah. Respect. We you love know, him. It's just going to take time, though. People got to understand. Everything take time. Well, it's like telling people not to use a straw. So I, the no straw thing, it's hard. Because it I drink my coffee a through a straw because it, it, it preserves your but teeth. here's the and thing. And then you try a paper straw, it just melts. Uh, even Oprah 
has gl- glass straws is one of her favorite things this year. There, there are silicone straws, which is what I have. There are so many options. You just have to put the, a little. Did you hear about the lady in. with the metal straw stripping? Who like the lady with the metal straw who tripped and fell, and the metal straw went through her eye and she died. Go. Why was she walking with a metal straw? Why? Because she's trying you to save with the a plastic earth. straw. She right. had somewhere to go. She had Listen. to go. And now she did because well, she didn't have a plastic. Maybe you shouldn't use. A, maybe you shouldn't walk with a metal straw. I know it's like one in a billion chance. But Thank still. you. My silicone straw is very plastic-like, but it's just silicone. don't fall with it. it. Nothing will happen. It bends. Yeah. It's very nice. So listen, we have to ask you because you are, you've been in New York for a long time, even though you are a Southern boy. Mm-hmm. We were talking about how much we despise being in this area during this time of year because of the crowds with the tree. How do you, how does it I think does it I've been you? in New York long enough to be annoyed by tourists. Yeah. <laughs> I think in I've general right. or I, during Christmas time? Christmas, but I'm I'm very much a Christmas Scrooge in mm. ge- just general demeanor of Why holidays. Because mm-hmm. people and traffic and yeah. insincere sincerity is yeah. what this month is filled yeah. with. And yeah. it's yeah. people all rushing to buy gifts for people that you don't really like. Right. Yeah. <laughs> But you work with them, or you, you gotta got see to. them twice a year. You have to do. You it. got it's my an kid a gift last year, so now yeah. I gotta go get your kid. Like I hate when yeah. people give my son gifts. I know that's a terrible thing to say, right? Because they're expecting you to get you a gift to for them. It's an errand. You've gifted yeah. me an errand. Yeah. in the future, it's true. And it's I don't true. like that. The no. good thing is when your kids get older, you're off the. You don't have to give anybody a gift because I give children yeah. gifts. Right, I'm gonna give yeah. a kid a gift. <laughs> so once you adult, that's all my three kids. Yeah. My lowest one's twenty, so I'm like. Show hate it. <laughs> now, on the contrary, hmm. what I do enjoy is bringing my son out during the holidays. He's three now, so he can kind of get into the whole magic of Christmas and the yeah. carols. Yeah. And I don't know who taught him carols, but he's singing them now. Yeah. And White so, Santa or Black Santa? Oh, Black Santa's only, but it's hard to find one to take a picture. We missed a year. No, it's hard. And it's then hard. the Black Santa we found in Birmingham when he was one didn't smile in the photo. It literally... The picture looks like my son went to visit his father in jail who was dressed <laughs> as a Santa. Like, I, like, I know there's a black Santa in the Mall of America in Minneapolis. Like, That's the original black Santa. That's yeah. my, I have him on Is the that show Larry? every year. That's Larry. So Santa Larry. He, Santa Larry, need to have mm-hmm. a training class for the other he black should. Santas. Because there's one that comes to Harlem, yeah. but he's like, it's only like for four days out right. of the month. You just got to know when and it's And where getting. is he in Harlem? I, he's black Santa. He ain't got no internet. He got no social <laughs> he media. He don't have Wi-Fi. Yeah, you got to talk in these streets. <laughs> He got like you have to find out where he is on the low. Yeah, he by is talking legit to scheduled through like he comes to like community centers and stuff like that. So we <laughs> yeah. try to take our. You got to follow him around. But yeah, if he's gonna believe in Santa, may as well let him be black. He can figure out the lies. <laughs> How long will you let him believe in Santa until he until he discovers it on his own? Mm, I think kids are getting smarter faster, and the internet has sped up the ruining of a lot of things. So I think third or fourth grade, the way we're doing it now already in our house is. Santa only gave you one gift. Right. Santa really? don't get, the, you know, it used to be Santa get the. All of it. Yeah, he yeah. get all yeah, the credit. All and then the your credit. mama got you one thing in the corner. Like, right. no. It's the other way around. I got you. <laughs> your mama got you. Right. Your grandmama got you. That's right. And then that white dude brushed that little <laughs> Can I just tell you, we raised all our kids this way. All three of our children, lowest one is 20, oldest one's 24. To not believe in Santa? No, we, and I, to this day, if they ask me, I will not tell them there's no Santa. I won't admit oh, wait, it. Her kids, I won't admit it. Yeah. I just won't admit it. Now, they, I don't they know what know. they think they know, <laughs> but I won't admit it. But Santa got you one thing. We took credit for, there's a mama gift, there's a daddy yeah. gift, yeah. there's the Santa gift. So you would, they would each get like four things, right? A family okay. gift. But we, let, we gave Santa one. 
Yeah. We weren't giving Santa all the credit. My mom was diehard Santa Claus, and I found out that there was no Santa in the seventh grade. How was that? And that's moment? a late bloom. That's, that's a late, a late bloom. But how bloom. was it? Uh, it was devastating. Like yeah. it was very like legit sad. Like yeah. I'm like I've been acting good for no reason, and then. But Mar- how did you find out there was no Santa? <laughs> Mario Brown told me he came to class. <laughs> <laughs> he came to class bragging about already playing with his Christmas gifts. Yeah. And it was like December 1st. Yeah. He go, man, them Christmas gifts in your house. You just got to find just got them. To find. Can I just tell you how I found out there was no Santa? How? We found the gifts. So my cousins yeah, used to come every how. summer and stay with us. So this one summer, they came for Christmas. The gifts, they normally came for okay, summer. Okay, gotcha. So this time, so all my cousins, it's the six of us. We home alone because mama's at work. We decided, and somebody told, I think my sister, that there was no Santa. So we decided to look for it. We decided to look for the presents, and we found them. It was yeah. so disappointing. I was confident we would not find them. I mean, yeah. we used to be that we were we were the kids who would sit up and listen all night to hear Santa. We just believed, and we found the gifts. So we played with them, wrapped them back up. Oh my goodness! Yeah, and acted surprised on Christmas. Acted surprised. The best acting work I've ever done. One hundred percent. I <laughs> took an X-Acto knife and took a Nintendo cartridge out of the box, put in an old cartridge that I was already playing so that the weight equilibrium would stay the same. What? Oh, my goodness. Use rubber cement to reseal the box. So, because you, rubber James cement, Bond? Rubber cement dries clear, so you can't tell that the cellophane has been tampered with. This is all in the seventh this grade. sophisticated. And I played the hell out of Super Mario Brothers 3. And how did you not end up at MIT? Uh, I don't I don't know. Too busy doing <laughs> comedy. <laughs> comedy pays better. This applied genius. I tell you the Christmas tradition I wish that we would have adopted in America, that I'm shocked we didn't adopt in America. Apparently the Germans have something where on December 6th, there's like they have, you know, Christmas, Christmas Eve, the gift and the right. parade. But on December 6th, there's a dude that goes around and gives a whooping or scares the hell out of bad children. What? I don't, Krampus? Krampus. Krampus. Oh, yes. There's a and movie about a it. Movie. Yes. And so it's just a creature that just show up and either whoop you or scare you or if eat you. If you're bad? If you're on December 6th, though. Why December the 6th? To, to give you two weeks to get it to together. To get it together. Oh, my God. Make you be good. That's for the parents. So you have a good child for two full weeks. Oh, my Imagine goodness. Just being I love able this. To wake I didn't up. know this movie and was And, you know, Germans came up with the tree, so we might as well do that, too. Mm. So is this a busy time of year for you with stand-up comedy, with holiday shows, New Year's Eve, all that stuff? Yeah, the the holidays are a little different with stand-up because you're kind of doing the first half of the month is like kind of holiday parties and you're doing like the weird corporate gigs. And then there's some comedy shows. Once you get around the 20th, comedy stand-up kind of dies down you don't sell as well because everybody's doing other stuff but then new yeah. year's eve it shoots through the roof new year's eve is the number one night for comedy oh wow yeah because people are going to go out because on christmas yeah. they stay home yeah it's date night that and valentine's day those are the two biggest really? so we're just talking day. fiscally speaking yeah, yeah yeah it's couples that's what couples do they that's go out they to do. comedy shows and yeah. then find out they don't have as much as they thought <laughs> in common because one of y'all laughed at the wrong <laughs> joke <laughs> <laughs> you pick on a couple and you pick on one of them and the other one laughs, that's the end of the relationship. I don't even do it no more because I've I've learned like you can clock who's getting uncomfortable. <laughs> and it, like I'm trying I'm working on a bit about how the title girlfriend, the longer you date, the more the title girlfriend becomes disrespectful. Right. It just feels yes. like it it's an honor year one, but somewhere yeah. around year four, year it kind of grits. It doesn't feel yeah. right up Especially against your skin. during the holiday season. Yes. Yes. Especially after Christmas yes. if you didn't get a ring. Yeah. Yes. Correct. <laughs> you just bring that up in the middle of a comedy show, yes. you see who the five year girlfriends are. <laughs> they, they are not mad. pleased. 
Oh my God! Yeah, eh? but that's what Man. my comedy's about—just you know, tearing down people's holidays. Oh <laughs> uh, well, I, listen, I—we want to talk to you about some hot topics, but I have to have you talk about your better half and her shoe line. Ah, yes. What? Please, who has SaloneMonet.com. She has beautiful. Beyonce has worn her shoes. What? And many yeah, other celebrities. Since she has. Reveal. Yep. Reveal. She has shoes that are flesh for all skin tones. So you know how you want nude shoes? Yes. So they're nude for every skin tone. Mm-hmm. What, are the, what is the name of the line? Salone Monet. S-A-L-O-N-E. Salone Monet. Yeah, yes. SaloneMonet.com. They're wonderful down. skin matching heels across the skin tone color spectrum, especially for women of color. Who that have is incredible. You are a good man. Their shoe tone, whatever. Yes. That's fabulous. <laughs> Don't say I've, ne- I've never worn any. I'm sure she don't make sneakers yet. Yeah. Well, not she yet, but it's coming. Skin tone sneakers. Out. That would be. I've weird. had her on that my segment on Time Joiner, and yeah. um, she's about to be on my television show, New York Live. She's great, man. She's the, the like that's it's brilliant. It's something that I wish I knew more about, so I could like, baby, let me help you. I'm, you know, like I want to be a helpful. All you got to do is like take the time and learn about it. What's but up? I, mean, I know her, so I love. Right. I love. If if Salone went and read about comedy and was like, I am now here to help you write the joke, I would be like, okay, <laughs> you got to write your yeah. own joke. <laughs> you can't. No. No, there's just there's an instinct with that. Even being able to identify that void in the marketplace and then being able to go fill it, and then like. Like, to have the foresight to go to Italy to get Italian leather so that it's the best leather. But to get Italian leather, you have to have someone vouch for you. So you have to make connects with people that know the people that run the factories. Like, I didn't even know any of this. Wow. Like, leather, think of leather as cocaine. (laughs) And to get the good stuff, I got someone has to vouch for you because I don't know you. So why would I give you this good dope? Because I don't even know if you're going to make quality product that keeps my dope of a good standard. Fair. So she worked all that out. If it was me, I'd have been like, you can go to Texas and get you some leather. They got cows down there. I did a show one time for a leather factory in Indiana. Get you some of that Indiana. And then when nobody buy a shoe because the leather pulling apart. Or it's, or it's probably dogs, not actually cows. Oh, <laughs> now they can hug. <laughs> Listen, there's dog leather out there. Don't even get me dog started. Dog leather? Yes. What? Yes, girl. That's not don't even, even get me started. Don't even get me So listen, we want to talk to you. If you, I, I don't want to mess up any relationships you have. No, NBC, you know, I don't. But this I don't whole have. Gabrielle Union, America's Got Talent situation. Yeah, get to the bottom of it. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, get to the bottom of it, figure out what happened. I know she tweeted, uh, Gabrielle, she tweeted, was it yesterday? Uh, she tweeted. That she had a, this meeting. Five hours. Five hour meeting with That's NBC. That's a lot of snitching. And now NBC <laughs> is investigating America's Got Talent, but it started with her getting fired. Well, they said that she would not be returning. She said she got fired. Julianne Huff, who also was let go after one year, was saying that everything was good, but she also has an ongoing deal right. with NBC. Um, but now Gabrielle has alleged, you know, racial issues with things that Jay Leno said, the way that they've handled guests on the show, her hair style. Mm-hmm. Having natural hair that saying is that supposedly she was too, too black. ethnic. Well, yeah. they were saying that she changed her hair too much and right. that it was too ethnic. That was alleged. Um, and then Simon Cowell, they came out and said that she was basically difficult. But now SAG-AFTRA is looking into it. Now NBC is looking into it. Yeah. And everybody's writing these articles about how black women often get accused of being difficult when we're just standing up for, for what's ourselves. right. And it, this is coming out on a day when, when before you got here, Roy, we were talking about the fact that now people are trying to drop that same bomb on Tamron Hall. Yeah. I feel like there is a... 
Um, from Tamron's time at NBC before she no, did on her, her daytime. Show. There was a there was a story out today which she's saying is false, but saying that she's been upset and outspoken and difficult on her set because she heard that Kelly Clarkson Clarkson got a second year for her um, new talk show and that Tamron has not been granted a second year yet. So they've been saying that and Tamron's Tamron had is gains difficult. and ratings that justify and her, the her ratings are good. And the thing it's so the thing that's frustrating is it, to me it's like a Megan Markle problem that it's very difficult particularly for black women to be successful without being pitted in some kind of war with a counterpart, right, who is a white woman who you're victimizing, supposedly. Right. And just because somebody like Tamron or somebody like Gabrielle is successful doesn't mean they're victimizing anyone. The Gabrielle thing is a whole separate thing that both Jackie and I have dealt with. The hair nightmare. It's an absolute nightmare. Of trying to have your own hair in this business. And and there's this whole book. I don't know if you guys heard about this. There's this study called Push Out where this woman did this documentary. And it's about, and it starts further back than when we are working um, as black women, but back in school, as early as grade school, where we are seen as different and more difficult right. um, than our white counterparts. And so we're disciplined different. Yep. And that I, I interviewed the author mm-hmm. of that book, and we talked about how in the workplace that that happens. Whereas if we bring up an issue, it is treated very differently. Right. Treated as difficult compa- or being you're aggressive. treated as difficult yeah. if you're standing up for yourself or saying, this is a problem, I have this problem, and we have to kind of play a a certain kind of game. We have to present ourselves a certain kind of way. What should black women do, boy? I'm thankful that Gabrielle Union brought it up. That's I am too. That's the first and foremost thing because that's the only way change is going to come about. But right. see, she can bring it up because, listen, even though she yeah, has... How many women... How many women have Dwayne Wade at home right. and those millions to, to fall back on? Not, not that she hasn't right. been out the here platform. doing the her own thing. she has. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? She's famous. She, she's famous. But she can afford to lose a job. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? She's got her own show I mean, show look what on Monique Spectrum. is dealing with. Monique look at what is basically Monique, being treated you. as, like, in your field, is persona I'll non grata. Dare you have an opinion? You be quiet, black woman, and be grateful for these crumbs <laughs> right. we offered you. Right. And she has a point. Like, she has, she's yeah. a famous comedian who's, like, an Oscar nominee. But if she says, can I get paid equal to what a male gets paid, she's suddenly difficult and you can't work with or her. Or to what a female, a white female comedian who doesn't have the resume that I right. have, how about paying me at least on the same. with her? Yeah. It, it is. It's, it's, it's challenging. And by the way, and I have to bring, say, yeah. I, I'm in my, I'm deep in my feelings about Kamala Harris being out of the race. Deep. Everyone I know, we've been on text. I'm deep in my feelings about it because the same thing with her is that the standard that she was being held to versus other candidates where, oh, she was a prosecutor. There are other prosecu- former prosecutors running. No one said anything about them. You know, her people claiming she's got a bad record when nobody knows her record. They, yeah. One white lady wrote a, a, a column in the New York Times and all of a sudden everybody's acting like they know her record. They don't. Most people can't quote her record. But she just... The fact that she's not, and that the next Democratic debate will be all white. I know. It's, it's a problem. But it was black people, a lot of black people that had issue her with her prosecutorial her record. Yeah. You know what a, I mean? It was we a did lot a of black panel um, of black voters in Atlanta. That's the, the video that people sent me. Okay, you oh, just did a panel you. recently. That thing came to me like 10 times. This yeah. panel of it? the black voters. You had one Trump voter and about five other voters. Five it was other undecided Democratic Wait, voters. And so... To the Kamala point, uh, and so I'm I'm flashcarding pictures of all the Dem candidates, and just doing word association. Pop up Kamala, and one person on the panel says she's the police, like immediately. Yes. Wow. Like, immediately. It's it, like it was already on his list. And who was on the panel? It's six. It's six Democratic voters. It's oh, six undecided people. presidential voters. Mm-hmm. One person thinks Trump. The the question we were asking for the panel was 
who has the best shot of getting the black vote. Yeah. Okay. And so there was a young lady on the panel as well, this young Muslim millennial who made the point that we hold black candidates to a higher standard. 100%. Because we expect them to represent all spectrums of blackness, which I don't think is fair. Right. But we do for, it. But for decades, if you go all the way back to Jesse, what was that, 84? 84 and 88. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you go all the way back to Jesse, that was, oh, we got one. Yeah. Let's all get behind them, whereas right. now the candidates can choices. all be a little different. But yeah. Kamala is expected to be black enough to speak to someone. But if you dance, you're pandering, and don't be letting these white that's people right. see you dance. But that's what black people do. Right. If we you're walking with a band, dance. If yeah. you, you've been to New Orleans, yeah. and the second line walked by. Right. You, what are you, you supposed to do? You dance. She listen, danced. If the electric slide comes on, hey. And and the, listen, the, the the version of the slide that's in New Orleans came on, and she danced what anybody would have done, and black people accused her of pandering. Everything she did was hyper-criticized. And I'm talking about by black people. Yeah. And then we're And upset. black men particularly. There yes. was a, a group of black men that came out against her on social media and just would not let up on her. And can I just say the whole she locks up black men thing? I just have to say on this, first of all, again— Y'all don't, y'all, none of you could really quote her record because this one lady, this one white woman wrote this column in the New York Times that most people didn't read, but that became everyone's belief. But she was primarily a sex crimes prosecutor. So if she was prosecuting people, she was mainly prosecuting people who were victimizing black women. And and that wasn't talked about. There was also this point of of truancy, of kids, you know this, of kids who if they didn't show up to school, they would arrest their parents parents after a certain time. And people are calling that. Yes. But, you know, no one's looking at, um, you know, this crime bill situation with Biden. No one says anything. No one says anything. Bernie voted for the crime bill. They don't hold him accountable for that. You know, uh, Amy Klobuchar was also a prosecutor. Nobody mentions that. Uh, Cory Booker, his police force, had a consent decree when he was mayor in Newark. Nobody mentions that. And now Bloomberg is all in it. Oh, Come Mr. on, Stop man. Stop it, And all of that's cool, Let's but see. Kamala's a cop. All okay. he has to do is apologize. <laughs> He's on his apology tour for stopping Frisk. Yeah, they first stopped Gail King, too. I know. She went Did straight you see to when King. he said that uh, Cory Booker is well-spoken? I know. He did the well-spoken oh, thing. Oh, no. And Gail had the game face of life. She had the game face forever. Because, you know, in, inside she was thinking, Yeah, but you can't deviate. You, you can't she deviate. Can. She was very smooth. No, because then objectives. she'll be seen as difficult. Then she's been <laughs> difficult. <laughs> then she's being difficult. But he did. He's like, I'm, I'm, you know, he's like, all right, I'm sorry. Let's move on. And she's looking at him like, really? She looked mm. at him like how she looked at R. Kelly. Robert. What did she just call Robert. him? Robert. Oh, boy. <laughs> Robert. <laughs> Who is now new charges against him for uh, bribing someone. Hashtag Donald Trump. It is a crime bribery. I know y'all don't think it is Trump fans, but uh, bribery is a crime. Federal crime. Fake ID so he can marry Aaliyah. To get Aaliyah a fake ID. Right. To say she was 18. But of course there will be people out there, crazy people who will say, well, she wanted to do it. 15. I can't. He was an adult. Well, no, she, she, he, the. The uh, document that he got said that she was 18, 18. even though she was 15. And he knew her age. Of course he knew that. That's what attracted. That's why he was attracted. Her uncle was both R. Kelly and Aaliyah's vocal coach. So he knew exactly how old she was. He knew. Roy Hankerson. He knew. Let's move along. I know. I know. I just, it's it's so upsetting. Yeah. So I have to ask you, um, Roy. Yeah, we deviated. I'm sorry. Well, I did want to talk to you about what's going on with you, yeah. your career. You know, you're still at Comedy Central doing your thing. Um, how's life? I'm good. I have no complaints. I am no complaints. 
No. You're at the um, wrong show. <laughs> <laughs> we complain. <laughs> we complain here. No, I'm dressed, man. I still got this sitcom that's uh, percolating with the network where I play the um, probation officer trying to, you know, mm-hmm. fix people's lives, trying to show how recidivism happens and doesn't happen. Which network? With NBC? Commu- with no, this would be with Comedy Central. With Comedy Central, yeah. okay. So I play a probation officer, so we're pushing that for 2020. And then also still working, the the thing right now with The Daily Show is just figuring out the angles for 2020, because this is going to be a dogfight. It's exhausting yeah. for this you, I must admit. This is going to be a dogfight. How it does is. that work for The Daily Show? Do you pitch the segments that you end up doing, or do they? are you all in a meeting saying, somebody needs to cover this, let's do this, and you kind of, bit of workshop it together? The The... The best analogy I can give is that sometimes, sometimes like if you're in a relationship, sometimes one person buys the groceries and the other person cooks yeah, and vice versa. Right. right. Sometimes I'll bring the idea and I'm not even the one that goes out and does the idea. The Atlanta voter panel piece, that was actually pitched by Dulce Sloan. Mm. So that wasn't even oh, okay. my okay. pitch. But okay. you bring ideas to the table, and then we figure out what's the best way to disseminate this or mm-hmm. to put this together. Because you may pitch it as a field piece, and it may work better as something that goes directly on the, on the web or right, do it yeah. on the set and studio yeah. and all of that stuff. And so now it's just a matter of figuring out, all right, what are the jokes? I have what? a pitch idea for you. Okay. <laughs> Billy D. Williams. Billy D. And Williams. His Gender fluid. Gender he says. fluid. No, Eighty-three. <laughs> I think you should sit down with him and get it straight. And do and oh, so to speak. interview him. <laughs> now see him, her. Okay, so now let's imagine this was pitched in the Daily Show yes. offices, and we go, Billy D. Gender fluid. And his jokes talk to him. Here's a man that could help connect the old school to the new school. Right. And Star educate. Wars B-roll. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Lando Calrissian. And then I would go. You know what? Our young correspondent Jabuki Young White, who identifies as queer. Hey, Jabuki. You might want to take Ah. this one because that's a piece where you're dealing with something that's very sensitive to a lot of people. And you want to make sure that it's being handled by someone that understands that level of sensitivity. And you also want to make sure because because Jabuki is on a different end of the spectrum than I am, then Jabuki might ask different questions. You may see see it from a different can, can angle. Can I ask you a question? Ah. Because it, and I and and, uh, okay. and that's the cool thing about the diversity yeah. of our correspondence yeah. is that it's it gives nice. us that. Yeah. And so this is where I say, well, you know, I asked Eddie Murphy this question, so I'm going to ask you the question. <laughs> Humble brag. Is there anything that you wouldn't make fun of? Because that's the thing in this era is that a lot of what's happening in the world is not funny, and a lot of it is sensitive for people. But it's people's identity, or it's something that's hurtful to people. Like, is there any joke that you just say that's off limits? I won't do it. For me personally, and I'm only speaking for my own personal comedic code, um, I don't demean and make fun of other groups. I don't talk about sex for the most part. I've talked about sexting. I've talked about Some like, of the acts of sex nudes. you mean? Yeah, just in general, yeah. just sex jokes and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I don't really call, I don't really do anything, you so ugly or yeah. you so broke or, you know, making fun of poverty and also um, disabilities. I've never, never made fun of anyone. Are you with cool with disability. the N-word? How do you feel about that? I use it from time to time. I try to reserve it for if I'm doing a character that in that context would use the word. Mm-hmm. I'm not offended if somebody 
says it to me in conversation. But it's a white person. Depends on who it is. No, no, that's not. Depends on who it is. <laughs> I just want but to be clear. Do you find? <laughs> I've tried my best with my material to make sure that anything that I'm doing is justified. Somebody told me a long time ago, and that's even with profanity in general. You try to make it the seasoning. It's not the main ingredient. That's right. If you have to curse to be funny, then you're not funny. Yeah. Now, what about Trump? Because the, the other question I am fascinated to ask comedians this. He's either funny or he's dangerous. Dangerous. And do you find him more funny to make fun of or just so dangerous that he's not a part of your comedy? Or he um, can't, he's hard to make fun of. You know how, like, in a hurricane, there's, like, a bunch of tornadoes out on the outside <laughs> of the storm? Right. That's kind of what I make jokes about. Mm-hmm. Like, it's here's something that happened over here as a result of, like, Trump is the storm. Trump is dangerous. Trump is not something that I find particularly funny. Yeah. But I also do find it hilarious that there are so many people snitching on him about Ukraine that they have to cut in on the prices right. <laughs> do you understand? Like Nino Brown, like every day. Do you understand how much information has to be disseminated about yeah. what you've done for them yeah. to just say, hey, listen, we cannot show divorce court today. <laughs> we have to show snitching. <laughs> Like that becomes Judge Toler getting cut off so they can make Yeah, you know it's something he's on funny, the peripheral. Though? What I do find interesting is you know who thinks he's funny? Like all of Europe because they just laugh at him. They just openly just they stand yeah, around together at him, and laugh. Not with him. Yeah, they just they laughing don't live at here. him. They're laughing they at him. They don't live here. It's like when you had that crazy neighbor across the street that had the crazy relative in the yard <laughs> acting a fool. You don't live in that house, so it's funny. You look through the blinds, you laugh. That ain't my mess. And then you go back to your TV. <laughs> That's your problem. That's your problem. Your, no, I don't. I think that there are a lot of people that are suffering under Trump. So to say that he's solely funny without acknowledging the terrible sides of yeah. it, for me, is a comedic disservice because that's not yeah. what I'm trying to do. I'm not going to go on stage and go, I hope Trump get another four years because, man, wasn't it funny? Wasn't it, da, da, da. Yeah. yeah. You, you put a lot of context into your Yeah, there, yeah. there has to be something in there because and I think that's probably a byproduct of, you know, Trevor and The Daily Show because – the thing that The Daily Show has always prided themselves on is the issue can be A and B, but what's the third angle? What's the what's the side of the issue that hasn't been discussed or analyzed? Even if it doesn't present a solution to the problem, let's look at this another way. Because if you look at it from a new way that nobody else has, yeah. then you'll find a multitude of jokes. 100%. It's smart comedy. That. We yes, love it. definitely. That's why great. we love you. We love you. Well, you're thank brilliant. you, all. You're We're family. so glad you came to see us for the holiday. I'm bringing whiskey With next no time. With no gifts. Please do. You know what I was? I he said he don't buy from grown-ups. I was going. Let me let me run out. To, yeah, you can bring us some yeah, of them yeah. new no, no. heels. Do, whiskey do, do, next do, do, time. Do, do, bring bring I, us some whiskey what? or let us know what you like to drink, and next time we'll have it. There for you go. You. Okay, so we can, right. we can we can for you. We can you know do your cocktail. I drink uh, PlayStation Four. <laughs> No, Get out of our studio. Get out. Roy Wood Jr., Roy everybody. Jr. We love him to death because he's family. <laughs> Thank you for being here. <laughs> Thank you Okay, so we have a guest in the studio. He is from one of my favorite shows on NBC, New Amsterdam. He plays Dr. Floyd Reynolds. That's such a black name, but it I is. love that. I love that. <laughs> Dr. Floyd Reynolds on New Isn't Amsterdam it? in its second season. Um, he's also a singer. I did not know that, um, Jocko, when I Mm-mm. interviewed you. Mm-mm. He's a Texas native. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jocko Sims. Hello, Welcome. Hello. Ladies. First of all, I'm a big fan of both of you. I'm here with Joy Reid. This is awesome. <laughs> and Jackie, we've done some interviews together. I it's, know. Been, it's been so much fun. I've interviewed I interviewed you guys before the show premiered 
at the Paley Center, which mm-hmm. was my first chance to do an interview, a panel interview there with the cast. Yeah. It was so amazing. Some of you were stuck on the set. Mm-hmm. Where was it? In Brooklyn? We were always rushing. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I, we were on set. I think we were in Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah. And we barely got on that stage. I said, well, can they wait for us? He said, no, Paley Center does not. Don't wait. We started, wait. and then yeah. they got there in time for, for him to join in, you and some of the other cast members. But this show, if you are not watching New Amsterdam, it is one of my favorites. And it it premiered last year, and you never know when, a, when new shows come out, if they're going to make it. Right. But this show is so well done, and mm-hmm. you play a, I want to say a heart surgeon. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? That is correct. Um, and I love the, I love your character so much um, because of the choices that he makes, because of who he is. Did Wait, did he go to an HBCU? Did he go to Morehouse? He went to Yale. He went to Yale, mm-hmm. but it, but for medical school or for undergraduate? Uh, you, no, I didn't now, now I'm getting in the back Now you jump, you know, man, go to get. I had some there lingo a to learn. Morehouse connection <laughs> in your character. Well, no, with the Morehouse thing was I was in Atlanta and I got to speak at Morehouse Maybe not too that's long what ago. It was. Yeah, okay. We did a panel so for, with doctors. And for those who are not familiar with the show, tell us the total topic of the show. What's the show about? Sell it to us. Yeah, and so New Amsterdam is a medical drama, but it's not your run-of-the-mill medical drama. You're not going to find our act, our, our characters going off in the closets and. Shout out to those shows who do that and do that well. Yeah. But our show is based on a true story. It's based on a book written by Dr. Eric Mannheimer, who mm-hmm. was the medical director for on Bellevue Hospital for 15 years. And for those of you who don't know, that's the oldest public hospital in America. It was actually here before the U.S. Yeah. So wow. um, so our show is based on that. We were going to call it Bellevue. We, we, we couldn't do I'm that. So we call it New Amsterdam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we call it New Amsterdam. And I play the head of the cardiac surgical department. Yeah. And he is a brilliant um, doctor. But also what's interesting, because they look at, you know, the story of what's going on in this country when it comes to you know, uh, health care, yeah. particularly from public hospitals. Absolutely. But also with this particular hospital, which I didn't know, even though I'm a New Yorker, mm-hmm. you know, there are there's a school attached to it. Um, there's a prison system a school, attached to there's it. There's a jail inside. There's a courtroom. Wait, there's a jail in the hospital? In the yes. hospital. The courtroom is the, the one, most bizarre one for me. Like, wow. you know, as you're watching the show, you'll see them walking down the, the halls in the hospital and they make a corner and they're in a the courtroom. And the reason they have that there is because in case they need to handle cases right, right. away, they have a judge there. So it's like a mini city there inside Bellevue. And if you're in the New York area, I encourage you to go visit Bellevue and see some of the uh, extraordinary architecture. It's it's yeah, it's, it's incredible. When you first walk in the atrium, yeah. uh, they have the old part of the front front of the hospital that is still there, and they built around it. So it's and they a, have the first it's ambulance there. Probably the most famous hospital in America, but people don't know what it is, right? Right. And people when I first heard about it, I thought it was a mental institution. A lot of people right. who are built. That's Bellevue, what I thought it was. A, public a hospital. lot of people associated yeah. that, but it has the ability to. Um, uh, cordon off people for, you know, if they have infectious diseases, you yeah. know, when the Ebola broke out, you know, they would take people there. If the president of the United States falls ill, that's where they're going to take them. So, And you and diplomats as well. Absolutely. Wow. That's the Absolutely. hospital that they mm-hmm. go to. I, I've learned all of this through this show. That's incredible. <laughs> it, <laughs> that's it, very cool. It really is. But, you know, I have to ask you because, um, you know, for your character, you know, you're doing a lot of surgeries. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of blood and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. How are you with dealing with those things on set in the moment, the le- the medical jargon? Are you yeah. cool with all that stuff? I'm cool with it. At first, you know, you ready first... to give medical advice at this point? <laughs> medical advice? No. You know, I, I, this I, is I, recorded, so I, before you answer, right. think about that. <laughs> gotcha. Now, I, I worked with Eric Dane, who played uh, McSteamy on, on Grey's yeah. Anatomy. I worked yeah. with him on The Last Ship for years, and I said, do you have any advice for me? You know, I'm going to play a doctor on television. He said, Jocko, the most important thing I learned playing a doctor after seven years is that you're not a real doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Don't go around trying to diagnose people. 
What's you up? be on you the plane and an emergency happens. You stand up and say, I think I never mind. Yeah, never so mind. Yeah. And but, one of the storylines that I love more than anything because I'm a black woman is early on in this show, they had your character connected with another doctor mm-hmm. who happens to be a white woman. Mm-hmm. And I love her as an actress and a character on the show. But your character would not get with her because you were like, the character, I don't date white women. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's not where I want to go. Oh. And now he is with this beautiful black woman. And this relationship better not mess up. Uh-oh. Well, we got to see. We got some people Come who on, are man. not rooting for, for poor Evie, who's played by Margot Bingham, who's a fantastic actress. Yes. Uh, it's uh, it's great. They're very, they're pro. I call, sometimes I call it NBC National Black Channel when I look at our show. Yes. Because, you know, David Schulner, who's a, a Caucasian brother, created the show. He wrote that line. Because uh, Dr. Reynolds was was having a relationship with with Bloom, and she said, "Hey, let's take this further." He said, "No, I can't. I, I want a black family. I want black kids." And yeah. I thought that was very bold. And, and I said, "You know, that, that in a moment. television show, a black woman has caught a doctor, a surgeon. Yeah, you break them up, it's going to be people in the street." <laughs> I, listen, <laughs> I'm going to be the first one because at this point, it, you know, they're having some issues. You yeah. and your fiance. Yeah, it was long distance in, in, in a relationship, and they're planning a wedding. But I, I say that, you know, they're married already. They're married to their careers. Mm-hmm. Right now she's in San Francisco. She's a lawyer. And, you know, that's uh, it's going very well for her. So they're just trying to figure that out. You but can say what e- you want, but I'm just saying in the street. Just remember those I, I'm not going to enjoy reading. <laughs> you need to go to the writer's <laughs> room. And tell, so do you have any say into your character's dialogue, his storyline? or any, Is it that kind of show? Or yeah. is it basically you all go to the table reads and you find out where it's going to go? You know what? That it, it, in fact... He called me up about that line. He said, what do you think about this? And I, and I was so happy he called me because I didn't know what the, the mood of the show was going to be. Were they going to get our input or not? And I said, you know, you sure you want to say? He said, yeah, I want to say. I said, well, where are you going? He said, I don't know. Where should we go? I said, oh, okay. And he said, how would you say that? I mean, would you say that? I said, I would tweak some things because I grew up like that. Yeah. I, I remember in the 90s, you know, my, my mom had a single black mother who – you know, we'd watch and the athletes back then it was like the athletes, you yeah, know, they, yeah. the first chance they got, they would go marry outside their race. And and so we changed the lines to athletes, something that was a little bit more realistic, something that I related to personally. And it's just been great. And not only just with relationships, but um, after uh, Max Goodwin comes in, he fires the whole department, the heart uh, department and puts me in charge of the department. And I say to Bloom, I say, do you know that only 19 percent of surgeons, all surgeons are women? And I say, do you want to hear the statistics for a black woman? And I say, they don't even exist mm. as far as the stats. So Floyd makes it his responsibility to make sure he staffs his uh, department with uh, women of color first. Yeah. Wow. So there's National Black Channel. That NBC. is great. Do you <laughs> find that, um, you know, playing a character like that, it's a big responsibility that mm. people then fuse you with the character so then people expect you to have all of the same beliefs and, and medical advice life and, well, and, the medical <laughs> and the medical advice of your character i haven't found found much of that yet but people they get really passionate about the yeah. show that's for sure and you know what's funny i, I you know i expected to rub maybe a, a few caucasian people the wrong way with that line but yeah. you know we got it, it from bold we, but line. We got, and we got it from mainly black women that were like, you know, you're using this situation, using black women as a pawn. What? And they yeah. were mad at you? And I, they were mad they're at me. like the male Kamala Harris. It's like it's, the black people are mad for no reason. I was very and happy so, about that. And we had one lady who went hard on Bloom and said, I hope that you get, you know, uh, bad karma tenfold. And I'm like, first of what? all, what? on Twitter, and I'm like, first of all, look, you know, if you have an issue with the writing, 
talk to the network. Yeah. You know, we're actors. We're, we're, we're portraying these characters. I'm not going to get mad at Leonardo DiCaprio for what he did. And, right. You know, and Django. So right. it's just, exactly. you know, we're, we're telling well, the story Well, and also here. the people on Twitter aren't real. Yeah. yeah They're mostly right? robots. There's a whole true. thing I mean, going it's on. hard yeah. to, yeah. are you into the whole social media live tweeting with the show, engaging with fans on, yeah. like, like now when you're a part of a show, particularly yeah. a network yeah, show, you have to be engaged. It's were you that before? Uh, yeah, before on, on my last show, the last ship, we, we did a lot of that as well. But this one, it's just the energy is just palpable. People are so excited yeah. about it. And then you have doctors that are tuning in. Yeah. And it was important for us to gain the respect of the medical community. And, yeah. and I'm telling you, from putting on your stethoscope to not being able to say stethoscope, <laughs> like saying it wrong, <laughs> right, putting it on the right way. Right. We've got surgeons watching and, and, and making sure. But to answer your question actually earlier about the surgery, we have surgeons and nurses that are there in the room with us watching our every single move. Shout out to Dr. Jeff, who's in every scene with me with a mask on watching me. So, oh, you know, make sure we, yeah. we do it right. And he's uh, he works at Bellevue. He's been there for 28 years. And so, we you know, we do our best to, to do it right. That is very cool. So you've actually involved the actual real staff. Oh, absolutely. Every oh, day. Cool. Every day. They're so there. they're real, do- do, um, you know, some of the other um actors from New Amsterdam have come you've come on our show and we always ask you guys because I hear that you all are walking amongst real doctors and sometimes people mistake you for actual doctors as you're walking around the set does that happen that hasn't happened that hasn't happened for me on this show yet but it has happened to to Ryan and and something uh, really Eggold. funny yeah Ryan Eggle sure. and something funny happened to me on the street though I had this <laughs> this uh girl walked up to me she was like she was like she was 10 months pregnant you know Uh-oh. she was heavily pregnant Uh-oh. and she said Bellevue. And she looked at me, she pointed, and I said, oh, you mean New Amsterdam? She said, Bellevue. And I said, well, what? I thought she was saying she recognizes me from the show. And she said, Bellevue, where's Bellevue? (laughs) (laughs) That was on the east side. You were ready to deliver. I was literally (laughs) going to ask you if you were ever asked to deliver a baby, and then you delivered that story. She was asking where the, and I didn't know where I I was new to New York, so I didn't know where it was at. I said, I'm sorry, I can't help you. I do have to ask you about one particular episode of New Amsterdam, which I loved so much. And it was an episode where a group of black women came in. Mm. Um, to the hospital and mm, my favorite. It, it was I loved it so much and can I I can well it's been you on know, for a while spoilers so, people well because it's it aired okay. so it what it turned out to be these women were in a bus crash mm-hmm. and they were from a church or a community mm-hmm. I can't remember those details but it turns out that the the, the main woman who was um, organizing this group this uh, trip. She planned this crash because all of these women had some kind of ailment and they couldn't afford insurance oh. and so this way they could go to the emergency room mm-hmm. and get health care mm-hmm. you love that episode right i, I loved it be- uh, first of all shout out to erica green who wrote it she's a she's a great writer in the writer's room and it's so great and shout out to the whole writer's room it's a very diverse room and we can tell stories like that um only can erica i told her she's the only one who get by the way you said that i sing actually i have rapped but i i'm not known to be a singer i don't think that i can sing but only erica green can get me to seeing his eyes on the sparrow yes. okay. in front of millions of people. And I, I, when I tell you nervous, but, you know, we got <laughs> in there, got in the sparrow. Thank you that. so much. Thank you. I had never done it before. It but it was great. Well so it was a great episode. But the point of that was to to show that, you know, as, as black folks, a lot of times we don't take care of ourselves. We yeah. we don't. And there's a history there. When you think of Tuskegee Airmen experiment and he read Alax, there's a lack of trust. And, and we just have to overcome that and, and start taking care of ourselves. But don't go crashing any buses with your yeah, friends on it. I got to tell you, you can go to public was, hospitals for yeah. free. You don't have to have insurance. It was this... one of the best television episodes for a series that I have seen. If if you have not watched New Amsterdam, start with that particular yeah. episode. Mm-hmm. It's so episode good. Episode six of season two. Yeah. Well, ha- has the show given you like?
like a new perspective on because we talk a lot about healthcare on on my show. It's kind mm-hmm. of an obsession of mine, especially recently. Especially right. Um, <laughs> do you has it given you a new perspective on the whole healthcare insurance, yeah. all of that? It has. I always heard that it was bad, but I didn't know how bad yeah, it is. It's bad. And also, <laughs> there's things, there's little known facts that I didn't know about. For example, I learned only by being on the show that you can go and negotiate your bill. Yeah. At a hospital. I didn't I didn't I know did that. not know it's all that. negotiable. And, and I found that out the hard way. Yeah, and it's crazy. <laughs> it's like, you know, we don't know these things and, and that's what also puts us uh, apart from these other shows is that we're trying to inform, you know, the masses as yeah. well as to what's going on. It doesn't matter whatever side of the political spectrum you land on. Yeah. Our healthcare system is broken. It needs to be fixed. And you get to just dive in and watch the show and see some of the stories. 100%. A lot of them are true. It's fantastic. It That's really fantastic. is a great show. Jocko, oh, cool. unfortunately, we are out of time, but you got to come back. You're in the neighborhood. You're shooting the show here. I'll be right back. You have, it's an open door. And you figured out how to get through the Rockefeller Christmas track. Yeah, we'll invite yeah. you back it? when Christmas is not happening. Looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah, Thank you so much, ladies. I'm a big fan. Thank you. Thank you for being here. All right. All right. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to Read This, Read That. We are out of time. Thank so you much to fun, our though. guest, Jocko Jackie Sims. I do not, I do not Don't know be giving away today. people real names. All right, Jocko Sims. You done already made me go back to Joy Ann. I was Joy and just living my life living, and is, now I got to be Joy Ann again. Is it just Joy Ann, or what's the full name? Joy Ann Marie Lamena Reed. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. <clears throat> let's, let's give the government name now. Yeah, well, that's not what's on my birth certificate. Long story. Go okay, on. that's a whole other show. And Roy Wood Jr., thank you to him for being here. And thank you guys for just tuning in. Yes. And, and of course, you can catch Miss Jackie Reed. What's the middle name? Elaine. Jackie Elaine. Jacqueline Ray. Jacqueline Elaine, Elaine Reed. Yeah. Um, and I should know that because I get your mail. <laughs> All the time, uh, which is crazy. In every state that I live in. Uh, you I can know. catch Jackie Jackie Reed uh, on New York Live in the New York area, Monday through Friday at 1130 a.m. The Hub Today in Boston at 1230 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also catch Jackie on Serious Progress on Saturdays at 2 p.m. Eastern and Sundays at 11 a.m. Eastern for Inside Her Story. Do not forget to also catch her online for Vegan Sexy Cool. Com, where you can find out what <laughs> various and random animals will hug you. Fish before and you chickens. Yes. eat them. They will all love you. Don't eat them. Please catch <laughs> my cousin on MSNBC this weekend. There will be so much to talk about. Yes. Um, she, of course, is on at 10 a.m. to noon Eastern time on Saturday and Sunday. And, of course, follow her on social media. And follow us on social yes. media at Read This, Read That. That is R-E-I-D. Yes. This, R-E-I-D, that. And on Twitter, leave off the last T for Satan. Until next time. Bye. 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 Thank you.